Hey guys, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks and you already know about our sponsor, Sports Suds, I know this is a very difficult time for a lot of families right now, especially financially, but I would encourage you to look at the long-term benefits of using Sports Suds as being beneficial to your clothes, and we do have a promo code for you to save some cash. And by the way, we don't make any money off the promo code. We just believe in it, and we want you to have the opportunity to get it at a discounted rate. So remember, Sports Suds is the energizer for your hunting clothes and your work clothes right now that they need. It removes all that grimy nastiness that gets built up in those very breathable clothes, the expensive clothes that you spent money on, and it literally kills the bacteria that allows the odor to stick around even after they've been washed. The same odors that make you detectable by the animals that we love to hunt. And most importantly, and I I didn't really feel like this is going to be a big deal until I started researching some of the science on it, it does not make you a giant highlighted looking banner for all the UV light, and that's a huge huge amount of animals that can actually see that. It's way more than I anticipated, and I guarantee that your other detergents do do that. So stick around till the end of the episode. We have a promo code for you uh, uh, to where you can save 25% on your order. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, so don't waste any time. Go to sportsuds.com right now and get your basket ready and get ready to press buy at the end of the episode. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lethal Podcast. Uh, in this episode, uh, Rob and I flew solo. We more or less talked about what you should be doing in the quarantine and what the quarantine means for the archery industry as a whole. Uh, we covered a couple of new toys that we got. Rob and I both have some new traditional equipment that we're messing around with, and we're very excited about that. Uh, my compound bow debacle that's just an absolute disaster right now. Uh, and a more, uh, a more important topic being what does this quarantine and the shutdown of businesses mean for local shops and, and archery clubs? We have a pretty good discussion, I feel like, on that and, uh, and maybe some things that you can do to support those local shops and, sh- and support those local clubs. So I think you guys will, will enjoy that content. And then we lastly, we talk about stuff that you could be doing right now uh, to work through this quarantine and to not go completely stir crazy. Uh, so we're pretty, uh, pretty excited that uh, uh, we've got an opportunity to actually sit down and work on forum and work on shop process. And we're pretty pumped about that. Uh, and then very, very lastly, we kind of give a preview for what quarter two is going to look like, uh, in the next three months for a lethal podcast and some of the guests that we're going to have on. So be sure to stick around to the end so you can hear all the cool people that we're going to have on here pretty soon. And, uh, appreciate you guys listening. I know it's kind of a wild time right now and people sitting down, actually listening to, uh, podcasts instead of listening to the news can kind of be a sobering thing. So we want to we want to bring you some guys some some good content here in the coming months. So uh, until next time, uh, enjoy the episode and happy quarantining. Yeah, just kick into it. Yeah, why not? Uh, so are you? Is your state on a? What what are they calling it now? What are they? They're <laughs> so, calling it a so. not a stay at home order shelter in place order that's yeah yeah ours is a safer at home order because it's less whatever um but essentially uh any non-essential travel is Mm -hmm. uh stopped Mm -hmm. um which means that 
I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing has really changed for me until today. I'm finally working at home today. <laughs> right. Um, but that's, I mean, as far as like the work that I'm involved with, it, everything is ramped up. I mean, it's, it's pure chaos right now. Yeah. Well, you make but, the toilet paper that everyone's buying. So well, we don't make the toilet paper. We or, make, yeah, you make the machines that make we the make the, the equipment that makes toilet paper, and right. we make the equipment that does um, like sanitary wipes and do, you know, um, I guess like packaging for like medical. I mean, packaging for anything like sure, the plastic right. wrap that goes around like your packs of cleaning supplies and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, our our printing machines print on on the that plastic film. So it's like for a lot of our customers, you know, their customers are in the medical fields and and stuff like that. So if if one of those machines go down right now, mm-hmm. it's pure oh, it's- panic. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, because the, the your customers are basically printing money right now, right? Yeah, so pretty much. It, it's you know and get this machine so they, up at any cost. <laughs> so I mean, they're dealing with with you know resource shortages just like everyone else, and because they're having to limit you know employees at the office and fi- figure out how to limit interaction with all their folks on the floor, and. So that's affecting their productivity and their output. And then you couple that if you have a, a, a technical issue on a machine. Now, because I mean, like some of these companies, anyone that was mandated is not essential to be at the facility that's working from home. Mm-hmm. Like unless it is deemed mission critical by like upper levels of corporate, they can't even go back into the buildings. Jeez. And so like your engineers, your, your upper level technical support guys are having to try and do everything remote. And like, our guys are still traveling. Like we we're pretty much limited to within the States instead of worldwide right now. Right. But, right. I mean, our, our guys are still traveling because our customers need to keep the stuff running. Yeah. So it's, it's just crazy. Well, we are, we're in a, I think, I think they're calling it a shelter in place order here in Kansas City. And uh, I don't think anyone's paying attention to it because anytime I like go to one of the like allowed places, the traffic is just the same as it was before. Granted, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like going out during rush hour, but I don't know. I, I just, I feel like people aren't listening, which I mean, like, whatever that's on you did like you i'm not see, going anywhere but um uh, i forget what company it was um i guess they manage a bunch of apps it wasn't one of the big ones it's a smaller startup but mm-hmm. similar to how like google tracks you know location oh gps's yeah the gps location so it, it was yeah. it was a smaller company but they put up a a map and graded all the different states on how well they were um, following uh, in, the enacting or following the the stay at home orders. It's a little worrisome. And, and well, from a from a 
you know, big Privacy brother standpoint, standpoint. Yeah, it's like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> Hmm, I don't know, but um, too much for me. <laughs> but it, it was actually kind of kind of interesting because they were looking at it as um, they were grading it based on a percent change from previous norms, mm-hmm. and a lot of states were actually doing really where, well where they had seen you know you know more than a sixty percent reduction in travel, right. And then, like some of your your rural states, like Wyoming, completely failed. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> because their their you know travel hadn't been reduced by more than like thirty percent. Right. And it's like well, well all the, all any of the people that are, are there, driving, they don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, but also think of the distance that people travel just to go places to do anything. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I mean. mean down I, down on my farm in Central Missouri. Uh, uh, an hour is right down the road. It's, you know, that's, yeah. that's the definition of things down there. If I'm like, if I'm here in Kansas city, I'm like, Oh, something's an hour away. It's like, Oh geez. But if you're down, down central Missouri, it's like, Oh yeah, it's about an hour away. It's like, Oh, it's hop in the car. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> think twice. I mean, yeah. when I lived in Wyoming, I mean, granted I lived just outside of a, a decent sized town, Laramie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one of the bigger towns, college town. And you know, so I was close to stuff, but if I went to visit any of my, you know, friends, mm-hmm. you're in for a little bit of a ride. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. You're not, uh, you know, 15 minutes away from the next town. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a different ball game for sure. But uh, uh, luckily, yeah, you got it a little bit before me, but both you and I are uh, being entertained by some uh, new shiny toys from Sam uh yep. you got you i don't know if we've touched on it in an episode i don't think i don't believe so have. no yeah but you got uh you got your one piece in from sam yeah and uh you are uh enjoying it from what i'm uh, what I'm, I'm hearing as much as i'm able to without crazy everything has been <laughs> yeah um, yeah because that's that's the tough part is right i've been working like 12 plus hours every right day. yeah um so getting home and then still trying to see my daughter and actually talk to my wife once in a while and yeah it's good to chat with her you know oh yeah yeah it is (laughs) so finding time to uh actually spend with the new bow has been a challenge but i've been uh squeezing in 10 shots here 10 shots there still kind of playing with what the setup's gonna be but Mm -hmm. um i mean it's it's shooting well um, right i mean the the feel of of those bows is just something so different yeah from it breaks any, you man i'm telling uh, you and that's i mean i still like other bows i mean i i've like the the bushman that i i shot last year is still i think a a great shooting bow right um the widows that i've played with in the last couple of years great shooting bows but it's just a different feel yeah and it and it's it's more honestly it's more of a compound feel because the weight is more up front that's it's not the start of the draw isn't nearly as easy as other 50 pound bows that i've shot sure right right because the weight is more up front and so, and that's where the performance comes from is your power curve is 
significantly larger mm-hmm. than other same weight bows. Because, um, I mean, the one that I'm playing with is uh, 50 at 28. It's still, uh, I think it's like 50 and a half at um, my like 29 and a half, 29, three quarters that I'm drawing. Right. Um, but I mean, so 50 pound recurve and a 10 grain per pound arrow. And this is not like well-tuned at this point. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. me grabbing some arrows and just playing when I first got it. So this was not bear shafted. There's probably a decent amount of wasted energy happening in poor launch. Um, right. But 500 grain arrow, so 10 grains per pound mm-hmm. at my 29 and a half inches was hitting 200 feet per second. Oh my God. The 600 grain arrow <laughs> was at 188. Oh, and man. the 740, 741 grain arrow was at 170. Gracious me. That's like, what, what would 740 be? That's 14, almost 15 grains per pound? Um, oh my God. No, yeah, what, that can't be it, right. No, no. Um, yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, 14.8. Yeah. Oh so, my God. yeah. So 170 <laughs> at 14.8. It, it's like, and keep in mind, I've been shooting a 76 pound, like, hunk of tree right longbow <laughs> yeah. that i mean it's a deflex longbow right that was throwing a 10 grain per pound arrow at 130 feet per second yeah like the worst performing bow i have ever shot but it was gifted to me and i, I honestly i like how it shoots right like it but just terrible yeah, performance. A bow, a bow doesn't have to be fast for you to enjoy how it shoots. No, no, sure. and that's I I I got a kill with it. Like yeah. I I I like the bow. It's fun to shoot, but like I'm having to completely retrain myself. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like if I try and aim <laughs> at all how I was before, I'm hitting like I, I I need to try and stay on the target right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but yeah, it it is shooting very well, and uh, as I've been playing with some different spines and some different point weights and figuring out where I want to be with it, um, at right now I've got no silencers, nothing dampening on it. Um, cause I'm, I'm using that as part of the tuning process mm-hmm. because you can, you can tell as it gets clean, the sound of the bow changes, right? Yes. And I think, yeah. I think anyone that is, uh, actually tried tuning arrows for a traditional bow understands that comment. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. so it's, right it's, now, it's wild, like how much when you like change brace height, like a quarter inch one way or another, it's like, yeah, it's a completely different bow. It's so yeah. traditional archery will never cease to amaze me. It's the most insane thing ever. Oh, it, yeah, it's it's fun. So, but right now with nothing on it, um, it's not loud 
at all. And as I'm fine tuning it, it's just getting quieter. Right. So, I mean, once it's, once I'm set up and I guess I, I have a preference for beaver balls. I like how Mm -hmm. they look and they, you know, I'm going to lose some performance. Yeah. That's that's fine. Um, You're shooting a trap, you know. Once I once I get it all rigged up after it's tuned, I'm expecting this thing to be just quiet. Right. Oh, yeah. And oh, so I'm... the performance with that is going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Well, man, so you want to talk about a, that that's going to be a, tur- a deer slaying machine. I mean, oh, that's 50 pounds. Pa- I mean, 50 pounds is, is plenty to kill just about anything you want. Oh, but- yeah. Man, that, and that's, I mean, right now where I guess with what I'm kind of landing on for where I think the build is going to be, um, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be in that 13 to 14 grain per pound yep. range. Um, yep. Just with knowing uh, the broadhead that I want to use and then um, the component that I want to use, I'm going to have somewhere. Uh, yeah, somewhere around like 415, 420 grains up front. Oh, that's all? Um, okay. Well, as I want to use, <laughs> I've got my Ashby's and. That's such a good um, head. So it's, I'll, I'll have that always in the quiver, even if it's not my primary, just because I, I, right. I love that head for trad. Oh, for um, sure. And I'll probably be playing with some of my tough head stuff still. Man, I've got so much tough head stuff right now. And so both of those with different components, I can kind of get into that same ballpark. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that'll, that'll be, I guess, what's up front. It's just a matter of figuring out exactly what spine and length works best for it. Um, Right now, I I feel like I'm kind of in between a little bit. And so I've got to start, I haven't been trimming. I've been, all my test shafts are full length. So right. I'm trying to figure out which, which, which one is going to work best for me before yeah. I grab a set and start trimming. Are you going to do an aiming method or are you just going to do instinctive? Um, With the speeds that I'm seeing out of this thing, I'll just do instinctive. Okay. Um, that's with the longbow. I, I was doing kind of a combination of I guess I don't even know if there's a official method with sight picture but um kind Gap of shooting. A, yeah yeah it's cuz the longbow with how slow it was and yeah you had to make like notches on the riser didn't you or well, you and that's a tape yeah, on there or something I I, yeah. I I made some little marks as reference points um because my my point on was not all that beneficial for hunting for me. Right. Right. Um, and that's even that's at 10 grains per pound. Like I, my point on wasn't all that useful for me on that setup. And yeah. so I was referencing off the riser. Um, but this, I guess I haven't had a chance to st- stretch out past 10 yards, so I'm not, sure where point on is going to be um but more than likely out to 2025 i'll be purely instinctive 
Um, and then I'm, I guess I probably would never hunt past 20, 25 max, but for practice, I'm, uh, I'd still be figuring out where my point on is yeah. and, uh, being able to do a well, man, that's what range from, from somebody. Well, I mean, man, you'd be surprised. Like, I think, uh, I would be willing to bet your point on right now is somewhere in the between 30 and 40 yards. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, man, that's the thing. Like why I just like, don't really care about arrow weight for, uh, um, uh, for, for traditional, drag. Yeah, because yeah. man, like the closer the point on, like if I can get a point on that's between like twenty and twenty five yards, perfect. Yeah. That's what I want because that's like the farthest shot I'm gonna end up taking. If that, like, I'm hoping it's closer. Uh, yeah. Uh, but man, that's like, uh, and that's why I always, I always try and leave arrows full length because that's yep. the like oh, the it helps closest yeah. point on you can get. Yeah. So, well, and that's I, right now. Um, that's I'm I'm liking the feel of that, like, you know, around 14 grain per pound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet that thing is once I quiet. once I have that set up, um, I I want to start shooting traditional, I guess, more. Um, I guess more than I have been. Yeah. And you want to sell um, your RX three? No. <laughs> fine <laughs> I, I i like that bow <laughs> i mean if uh if your prime shows up and that thing puts out comparable numbers then uh i'll i'll give you the rx3 and i'll i'll pay a little extra for the for the prime because mm. mm. <laughs> i don't, know. Well, I don't even, I don't even it, know what we're gonna do about it, that because well. because that at least on paper is the same IBO rating. So as long as it has oh, it's a faster, isn't it? similar it's way faster. What was IBO on that? It's three. That was three forty three. It is. Yeah, RX three is three forty two. Really? Yeah. Huh? No. The ultra lower. Ultra. I don't. I don't have an yeah. ultra. Oh, I, I thought you had an ultra. Okay. No, that's why I that's why I'm considering an upgrade because was your was your one an ultra? No, but that was a 32 inch bow. Oh, um, see, that was where I, if I would have known that I was leaving the shop, mm-hmm. I would have bought a different bow that year. Right. I would have for sure bought an ultra or some other 32 to 35 inch bow. Mm. Um, I was not initially planning on uh, leaving the shop when I Mm -hmm. ordered. And so I went, Oh, I'll try a short bow. And I I shoot it well, but I definitely am better long range with something longer than 32. Sure. Right. Um, Right. And so that's where now that I'm not getting a new bow every year, because well, not getting, but I was getting it at like shooter pricing. Right, um, right. Now that that's not happening, um, <laughs> I wish I would have ended up with a longer bow. <laughs> I bet you. <laughs> so well, that, that's well. where if I could, you know, that 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 prime at thirty five inches, yeah, and the same, you know, essentially the same IBO rating as long as it's 
uh, efficiency gain is comparable, right? Then I wouldn't be sacrificing any performance. Yeah, yeah. And well, I'd have a a more stable bow. But yeah, I guess well, what we'll, I was we'll talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I guess what I was originally getting to was uh, I'd like to do I guess some leagues and for like this next winter I'd like to do an indoor like spot league with uh trad right and so with that then likely I'll be building a very heavy arrow to get my point on at 20 yeah do you shoot split yeah well, it oh, depends okay. on the bow. I shoot okay. split with Sam's bow with with the backwoods. Gotcha. Um, yeah, you're gonna need a real the heavy bow then. Up. Yeah, you're gonna um, a real heavy arrow rather. Yeah, with the long bow, and this was with how that bow was tillered. Um, I was shooting three under, and so right. I, I kind of float. It depends on the bow, and that's my stuff. Both my bows are single pieces, so right it kind of depends on, on how they were, you know, they were built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas like your stuff, you can tweak around and make it work whichever way you want. Yeah, that's right. And I, uh, yeah, that's my, my toy that showed up, um, earlier this week. I haven't had it too long. Uh, I got the latest prototypes to test for Sam. Uh, he's bonding up another set right now that we're hoping is going to be the, uh, the production, the first production model for the new, new limbs, uh, for my hunting rig. Uh, but he sent me some that are 38 pounds and they are terrifyingly smooth. It's, it's, it's weird. Like it's, it's, it's more weird. So the ones, so these don't have let off. They just like completely flatten out, yeah, flatten out. Yeah. I, I think he said they increase like a quarter pound per inch or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but like halfway through the draw it's like on any other bow it's like oh i think it's gonna get way harder and it just and doesn't it just falls it's, in place <laughs> it's so weird it, but it's but it's like the most amazing thing ever because like and i think i've mentioned this before on the podcast like when i went and shot 20 black widows which are incredible bows i'm not taking anything away from them i was just like man I don't know. I'm like, I'm just broke. I'm broke after feeling these, these, it's, the it's a different feel limbs. at, at, at anchor. Yeah. Oh, like, it's a, well, you feel like you can sit at anchor all day with those. It's just so, it's so smooth and, and they're easy to hold, especially these, they're only 38 pounds, but man, these, I can tell you this, these 30, I've got two bows or two sets of limbs. These come out to 38 and the, win X's that I have are like 40, 41 on that riser. And these are immensely faster and also way easier to draw, like way easier. So, uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've shot it. Uh, uh I've probably put about a hundred arrows through it or so since I've got it and figured the tiller out. Uh, and, uh, uh man, it is, they are, there's something else. And I mean, I, I, you saw the video it i mean within the first 30 arrows not not even that the first 15 arrows i had a setup tuned and like ready to go like it was it was pretty wild i was not expecting those to tune but they did which is pretty neat uh yeah 
it, it uh, 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 I'm, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. I hope I can, uh, uh, get a hunting setup made out of those, uh, sooner than later, because I have, uh, put myself in a bit of a pickle with a compound. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> my, my ongoing compound debacle, um, long story longer. Uh, so basically I like, like you said, and I don't know if I've actually talked about it on a podcast yet, but so I, t- I ordered a prime black five in 80 pounds to test drive and, and they've got a really cool program where it doesn't cost the shop anything. Normally, if you're a shop, you have to purchase the bow. Like it's just like a car dealership. You have to purchase the bow to like put it in your shop and then hope that somebody buys it. But if there is a particular bow that you want to shoot that your shop doesn't have, you can do what's called a test drive and they'll, they'll mail it into the shop at like at no cost to the shop. And if you like it, then you can either order like, you know, a different color or whatever you want or, you know, whatever needs to happen there. When I ordered this 80 pounder, they said, well, we'll go ahead and build it to the color and everything you want. And I was like, oh, okay. So I ordered, um, ghost green, uh, riser and limbs. And all I've been doing the last two weeks is looking at pictures of it and being so excited. And then all this COVID-19 stuff broke out and, uh, everything shut down. I called them last week and I was like, are we good to go? And they said, yeah, we're not shutting down. Like it's no big deal. And then like, then all the States started putting the shelter in place orders in. And so I called them back early this week and they're closed. And so I messaged her, I emailed it. Well, I did everything. I sent a message on Facebook, Instagram, email. Uh, I'm pretty sure I sent a messenger pigeon out there. And it, uh, I'm, they were probably like, who the hell is this guy? Why won't he leave us alone? But they did not <laughs> get my bow shipped out, unfortunately. Uh, it's probably sitting there assembled, ready to go. Uh, but they're closed until like the middle of April. So this puts me in quite a pickle because I thoroughly enjoy turkey hunting, which is opens in Kansas in a week and a half. It's not this, it's not this Monday, but the next Monday, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. And I'm like supposed to be hunting like then. So I don't know what I'm going to do because I really want to hunt a turkey with a bow but yeah. at the same time, I don't have a compound. And I was I was determined this time that there were two credentials. I was going to buy a new bow, so I had a warranty, because the last couple of bows I've bought ended up, minus Garrett's, have been, like, lemons, I guess you could say. And I've just, like, I want a bow where, like, if something doesn't work how it's supposed to, I want to send it back to the manufacturer and make them fix it. Or two... Uh, and, or and two, I wanted one that's 80 pounds so that when I want to crank it up, I can. And for everything else, I'll just shoot it at 70 and it doesn't really make any difference to me. Uh, so this extremely limits my choices. And on top of that, I'm looking for a longer ATA bow. So I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I so, really so want to. So now you're going to uh, use the uh, recurve. Yeah, uh, maybe <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm still, and, and the fact that I like, I got a setup tuned like that makes me feel confident. And the fact that I literally like in the first 50 arrows, I was 
piling in four arrow groups at you know 12 15 yards on turkey on a turkey 3d target that made me confident yeah uh, so yeah. uh granted like i was i was just shooting it instinctively i wasn't really using an aiming method uh um but which like i kind of feel dirty about because i was i had switched to an aiming method before i i like got mm-hmm. out of practice and and now i'm just like oh i'm just kind of winging it and hoping it goes where i want which you know obviously instinctive shooting is more than that but uh, that's, that's how it feels to me now that I, I implemented a naming method once. So yeah, I gotcha. Anyway, I don't know. My compound bow debacle is really weird right now. And, and I don't like, I'm looking, I, you know, I wanted a longer ATA bow cause I feel like I've always shot them. Well, I actually went back and listened to our own episode with, uh, with Garrett <laughs> Weaver. And, and so I was like, what did we think about all these? So I went back and listened to it and I was like, man, I really liked the black five back then. So Maybe I should wait on this, but I don't know. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if I'm just going to wait and like hope it shows up and hope that I love it. But that's the other thing is even if it shoots great, man, like so, like it's a complete hit or miss on IBO over these things. And I don't know if that means that they are super touchy with tune or what. But if you go on to like any of the Facebook groups, these guys are coming in either dead nuts on IBO or 20 feet under and there is no in between. And, and they're, and, but they're plugging the IB, the calculator in on like, uh, or they're plugging their speeds in on a calculator that way underestimates you and like on basically anyone, but your calculator when they're shooting heavier arrows and they're like, no, this is where it's supposed to be. I'm like, no, it should be way faster than that. Uh, (laughs) and that calculator shouldn't be working. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, and other guys are like, oh, like mind shooting, like at this speed i'm like that makes sense so i don't know i'm kind of worried either way but well and that's i mean my two cents you're shooting the recurve well you're good at turkey hunting so i don't think you'll have a problem getting within 20 yeah you think so and well i mean i (laughs) i have confidence and I appreciate that. <laughs> and I mean, regardless of what you buy at this point in the game, you're going to have a week to get it shipped to you, to get it set up, yeah. to tune a set of arrows, and then to get your yardages figured out. Yep. So you have your, your recurve. You've got a set of arrows that are working. Right. Practice and run it. And then in two weeks, we'll be in the middle of April, two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. And you'll be able to, you know, bring some test arrows, see if that black five is hitting numbers and then make a call. Yeah. You know, otherwise you you buy something else and you end up selling it like everything else in, in two weeks. Yeah. And that makes me sound like such a bow whore. I'm really not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not Evan. Uh, this this but, last two months, it's kind of went that direction. Well, but I mean, I could not get that expedite to tune. And I was about to throw that. I mean, you you saw it first. I know. Like I, was, I know. I was about to throw that thing off a bridge. I will never buy a five inch brace high bow again, ever. Uh, uh, I just God, see and that's, that thing. I love the expedite that I that I played with. Well, and I, I liked the bow. I liked it a lot. I, I, I liked that bow a lot, but the, 
like getting a rest to fit on it and then yeah. and then then finding out that like that it wasn't so much like all these rests that people said fit and then I get it like I'd go I bought I bought three different rests uh to put on this thing I get it and then it wouldn't fit and I'm like what the heck's going on and I talked to one guy and he was like oh yeah like like here's this measurement and I was like yeah mine's like half an inch shorter than yours so it yeah, was the something was from, off from on the, that bowl. There was something off. The guy said he got it to tune. I'm like, good for it. The guy I sold it to. I'm like, oh, good for you, man. Like that's, and I, I mean, I told him everything before before he yeah, bought it, yeah. and, and and he was like, oh, I think it's fine. It worked out for him, but man, I couldn't, I I could not, I could not, not, not get that thing in spec the way I. But it also, I mean, he could have just put it in spec when I took it to a shop to have him change the brace because the brace was off by over a quarter of an inch. It was almost almost three eights no it yeah it was almost three eights and i was because it was at five it was supposed to be five and a quarter and it was it was right it was like right under five it was at like four and yeah so like seven eighths short yeah and uh which sucked everything in and i was like this needs to be a five and a quarter and he was like yeah like i won't do it and i was like okay awesome so that's the other train of thought is like, do I just like buy a I'm, press? I'm so I'm so tired of these shops. Like, do I just do I not spend? Do I take that like permission that my wife has essentially given me to spend money on a brand new bow and like go spend three hundred on an easy pre- on an easy green and then just do all the work myself? But the the thing is, like, I'm kind of worried because I've never I've never really done that. Like, I know what you like should do, like looking at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, if this is the reaction. And this is what you like should be doing if it's a cam adjustment. But I've never actually done it. So that makes me kind of go worried. spend a weekend <laughs> with Evan. Yeah, you're not wrong. You'll be That's, fine. Yeah. Just take my bow apart. And, like and then times. and then you can sit there and tweak and tune and play with all yeah. kinds of stuff yourself. Yeah, well, that's what I told him. I said I'm, I'm coming. I told him I'm coming down next week, come hell or high water. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if that ends up happening or not. I mean, <laughs> I just cut the snot out of myself on my knee. Um, but anyway, so that's my that's my compound uh, debacle that's going on right now. And somebody that I'm now considering, which I otherwise wouldn't have, because there is no dealer within like three hours of me, is Expedition. Uh, for the people who are not on the internet today, uh, Expedition announced that they are going to forego any of the shipping uh, rules for uh, shops, and, sh- and a shop will be able to implement a drop shipment policy for any of the new bows. Uh, and I would I would guess this is also going to extend to some of the stock that the shop has, uh, um, but they're going to be able to do a drop shipment policy. Uh, where uh, you get in contact with the shop, shop will run you like run your card and expedition will build your bow and send it straight to you. And when I sent them an email earlier, they said five days. And I said, even with the influx of people that are going to be buying it. And they said, yep, five days. So yeah, something to think about something to think about. It's, I think it's a smart move on their part. And I think that, the shops are really going to appreciate it because a lot of the shops are having to shut their doors right now with the, yeah. you know, non-essential businesses, forced closure kind of thing going on. Yep. And this gives those shops, um, I guess, some level of cash flow during yeah. this period. Better than nothing. 
and, you know, keeps their customers happy. And that's huge. I mean, that, that's, that's a, uh, at least a step in, in the positive direction for a lot of these shops, because I mean, a lot of people don't think about it, but any of these small businesses have their rent or their mortgage. Mm -hmm. They have their utilities. They have their employees pay if they're, you know, a lot of these shops are trying to help out their employees, even if they're not open and, you know, pay them something, even if they're not working, which is great for, you know, good, good for them. But Mm -hmm. that, that hits the, you know, the checkbook. Yeah. And so it's like, you have all these static bills, you have all of your bills, you know, your lines of credit with your, your, uh, companies that you deal with. Right. All of that stuff still do. If you don't yeah, have so, your normal cash flow. So this, it, this kind of, this, this, this is like a multifaceted, like part of the discussion I wanted to have tonight with, with all of this stuff that's going on. So, and you obviously know more than me. And so I'll, I'll let you educate us and everybody listening. So when I, if I am a bow shop owner, uh, I assume if I am going to create, if, if I'm going to, uh, enter into a contract, I don't know exactly how it goes, but if I'm going to start carrying somebody like Hoyt or Bowtech or Matthews or something like that, uh, is it, is it to the point, like, do you, if you're going to order, you know, five Hoyt bows to keep in your shop, which may not be much. I kind of feel like it's not, uh, if you're going to, I mean, is that something you're like cutting a check for right then? Or is it like they'll ship you X amount of bows and then you pay on it like monthly as you like within that line of credit? So at least, and I guess this is dependent on the company, dependent on, on the shop, a lot of things. Um, but I guess the the companies that I'm aware of um, typically had different buying programs, different different levels, right? Um, and so if like if you wanted fall terms where you wouldn't pay, like because most of these bows get bought at ATA, um most of your your floor inventory gets bought in january um and so you can uh, have deferred shipments different things like that um but you can either you know pay up front or you could potentially have fall terms where okay you're you have to buy you know, 12 to 15 bows, and then you won't have to pay until October. Right. Where, you know, you're banking that you're going to sell all of those bows before that point. Right. Um, But you typically have to buy more bows to get that. Um, And then some companies uh, did offer, um, I guess, essentially lines of credit. Right. um, If you bought enough, but I mean, you, at least the the ones that I'm aware of, you had to be buying quite a few bows. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I mean, so I, I guess that's kind of the my, last my this was probably two, two or three years ago. The last time that I was actually at ATA mm-hmm. um, and involved in some of the discussions for the shop that I was with, um, that's for the initial buying. Um, but that's a lot of companies were bumping up their numbers for getting like those fall terms. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, as a small shop, if you're buying, say, five bows, you're probably buying those all up front. That's all yeah. on, that's all on your books. And then and that's where regardless of of. Where the line of credit is, right, because most shops will have, I guess, small, small shops um, will be operating off of a, a business credit card. Right. If you have a little bit larger shop, then you'll probably be op- operating off of a line of credit, um, which is just a rotating, you know, loan. Right. Um, right. And so either way, well, you buy this stuff. And you're you've got a monthly payment to someone. Right. And I mean, with any pro shop, you've got multiple lines of bows. You've got all the sights, arrows, quivers, rests, you know, cases, everything. Right. You've got a significant amount of debt. Right. That you're carrying as inventory. And so, I mean, if you don't have cash flow for a month, that. Oh, that's cri- it's crippling. That's I would guess. crippling. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and that's kind of my, my big question is like during a time like this, what can you do to support your local shops? Uh, because as we've mentioned before, like your local shop is your lifeblood, like of, yeah. of the archery industry. Like I know, like, and I'll, I'll be the first person to admit, like I buy, I buy just about everything used, but I will happily pay for the local shop to tune it pending. They know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. tune it or, or install it or, you know, do, do work uh, in, in whatever capacity, uh, except building arrows. I don't, I don't pay people to do that. Uh, um, but, uh, uh, you know, installing D loops, installing rests and like allowing me to use their facility to tune it. Like I, I gladly do that, but obviously that's something that I can't really do right now. Yeah. Now, in in my in my particular case, I have everything minus the bow, so it's not like I'm like I don't need a rest or I don't need a sight. But now, I think would be a good time for you to like, if you're looking for something, like just message like message your local shop like on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you know, email them whatever they may have, and ask them you know, hey, like I'm looking you know I'm looking to buy a sight or I'm looking to buy a rest or I'm looking to buy some arrows. What do you have that I can I can pay you for and and man like go meet them in the like like when you're out getting groceries like do do something like they may do, not be able to do, legally do a open grocery their doors. store handoff yeah that's right that's right <laughs> um, I mean I, do, I mean they will uh, I I things like that are what's going to keep that shop going uh, yeah and that's because if if they don't have any cash flow like even if it's just to pay their credit cards then when yeah. you know when all this is lifted it's going to be too late. And I guess it depends on on what the shop offers because, like, um, I mean, the shop that I was with was was fairly small, um, but I mean, we we still offered gift cards, 
Right. Right. You know, so, I mean, that's something that, you know, it's not going to solve, you know, if you have an immediate need, that's one thing, right? If you're just, if you know that you're going to spend money at a shop that has done good work for you in the past and you know that you're going to be going to it in the future, like if you're looking to, to make sure that they stay open, call them up, reach out to them on Facebook, whatever, see if they have gift cards available. You know, yeah. if they have a website, that that's easiest, right? But a lot of these small shops don't. And so, you know, maybe they'll, you know, essentially keep a log, uh, uh, have a, a, you know, a tab or, a, you know, essentially a, an in-store line of credit where they go, okay, yeah. hey, you know, yeah. Matt called and he, he put $100 down for something, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's something if, you know, yeah. if 20 people do that, then, hey, they that can pay could the rent potentially that be keeping the doors open and, and yeah. allowing yeah. them to pay the rent or whatever. Yeah. And then um, that's what I would I would also encourage, like if you if you shoot at a local club or if you go to a, you know, a, a local shop quite a bit, like the second these doors open back up and and you can like, and it's legal, obviously I'm not, I'm not advocating for doing illegal activities, like have like, see if you can help volunteer for like a potluck, like Saturday or something where, you know, where they're going to have like a fun shoot and it's, you know, then you, eh, I don't know, do, do something to where you can, you can help that shop gain back what they lost because, you know, these doing, doing things like that, buying a gift card will, I mean, and it, it's, it's certainly better than nothing, but it's, I mean, they're not going to be able to make up what they, what they're oh, currently yeah. losing. Yeah. Right. And so, that's, I mean, so doing, like you talk do, about the clubs, I mean, like, I know that it's a, a very different scene locally for me than it is for you. Right. Um, but I mean, within an hour drive of where I live, there's easily 15 archery clubs. Right. And those clubs operate off of their their member dues that typically are, you know, uh, for like leagues or, you know, uh, stuff like that. But a lot of their income comes from weekend tournaments. So they'll do like our outdoor season started almost a month ago already. I went to my first outdoor shoot for the year. Mm-hmm. And since then, everything's pretty much been been canceled. Yep, yep. And so, you know, if 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 the local club that you go to for three D shoots normally has, you know, has already had to cancel, say, two events, and you know, they normally see a couple hundred people come through there each day. At least the ones that I'm going to are typically for like the non non payout events you're paying 10 bucks a person to to shoot the course or whatever right you know a couple hundred people over a handful of days 10 bucks a person that adds up oh yeah yeah and And i mean depending on how they're operating i mean a lot of them aren't necessarily trying to profit but you know they still have bills that stuff goes into maintaining those properties. Right. Um, 
So that's something else to consider is, you know, once they're back open, make sure to stop in. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that's the man, if like, if it came down to it, I mean, we don't, we don't have a ton of ranges here in Kansas city. Uh, I mean, we, we have a, a few, but not like not a ton. And we have even less good shops that I actually trust. And one of them happens to be both. It's a shop that I, I trust. And it's a, uh, one of the better ranges here in the city. And if it like, if they open something back up and, uh, you know, if, if they open back up, which I'm, I hope that they do. Uh, uh, but I think it's a, a very real, like it's a very, very real reality for a lot of these shops that they won't have the money to pay bills like when they when they're allowed to open back up so i think that's something we have to really think about in in that in that aspect uh but if it you know if it meant me going for a fun shoot over the weekend and dropping a 50 in instead of a 10 like to keep that shop there like i will gladly pay 50 bucks like one time to like make sure that that range still exists because like if it's not there then there is no other good compound range. We have a couple of local trad clubs where I can go shoot, but for compound there, like there is nothing like even yeah. close to me that I want to go do. So it's a, it's a worth worthwhile investment in, in my, my humble opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess one thing I, I guess I want to point out is, and this is not across the board. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are, uh, larger, more established shops that, that do well for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, any small pro shop that I've been involved with, um, is not making a ton of money. Oh, sure. Right. That's, I mean, any one that I've been involved with, every person there had a day job that paid the bills mm-hmm. and you know, that's, I mean, the, the shop that I was at before I started my own thing, the, you know, those of us that were being paid hourly, if you look at actual in pocket money, we were making more than the official owners. Ooh, yikes. Because the official owners were paying all the bills right? <laughs> and right. you know, like, I mean, one guy, you know, his, his payment for being 40% owner of the business was his truck payment. Right. So, I mean, when that's your payout, <laughs> if you don't get your cash flow, it's not like you've got, you know, that you've been banking money that can float you. Right. So it's, I mean, it's the, the, that's the reality of a lot of these shops is that it's a, it's a passion of love for archery that keeps them open. And as long as they're making enough to cover the bills, they'll keep doing it. I mean, that that's right now, at least that's my business. Yeah, oh, it's, sure. I mean, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I have no, I guess I'm not paying any bills with my archery business. Everything is covered by my day job. 
Right, right. And at least at this point, it's all just funneling right back in. In a year and a half, I haven't taken a dime. Yeah. You know, and I do it because I want to do it. Right. Now, it's it's a long game. I'm small enough that I don't have a ton of, you know, month to month bills outside of, you know, my website, um, my line of credit and, you know, uh, you know, my, my, you know, point of sale system and, and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm small enough and I've, I've focused on keeping, uh, I guess things small enough for what I'm carrying that I'm not carrying a ton of debt for it. Sure. So, right. Right. So I have no issue going, Hey, if, if it, you know, right now, knowing that, you know, carrier services are going to be shorthanded and just there's going to be general chaos. Like I called it a week and a half ago and just said, Hey, we're not shipping right now. Right. Like one, if you want to place an order, that's fine. Not going to stop you from doing that. It'll ship out as soon as all this stuff is done. Right. And you know, that doesn't, you know, that was the, the, smarter call for me because I'd rather do that, eat my monthly costs and pay them out of my own pocket. Right. Than to have half of my shipments get damaged or lost because they're at half, half, you know, staff. Right. Cause then <laughs> the, the little bit of money that I do make is going to all be gone because I'm going to be replacing everything for free. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's a balancing act. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's uh, and man, I, like I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to give out like business advice on this podcast, but man, I feel like this is a great, uh, a great reason to try and operate businesses with the least amount of debt possible for all the reasons we just talked about. Because oh yeah, if you you know if you have if you don't have a ton, then right now, you know it may impact your your take home money, but you know your business can probably survive. But man, if you're if you're up to your eyeballs and in debt, then makes it tough makes it very very tough now I hope, I hope that creditors and renters and mortgage people are are end up being flexible in a time like this but we'll see i've never I've never known too many credit card companies to be the nicest people so <laughs> right we'll, uh, we'll have to see how it's that just, pans out it's just numbers matt yeah right yeah it's just <laughs> it's just numbers uh so uh, i guess lastly what should uh, uh, what should people be doing right now? I've got a couple of things written down. Um, uh, I am going to be focusing on blind bail shooting, uh, and I'm going to be, uh, uh kind of tag teaming that with, uh, I've, I've got Joel Turner's book that I've read, but I'm going to like read it and shoot at the same time. So I'm going to like circle back around on shot sequence and understanding target yep. panic and how to not have it, uh, how, how to be uh, in control of your shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To be, be in control, have an iron mind per se. Uh, so I'm going to be focusing on that. Uh, right now I'm also, 
I've got a couple arrow builds that I keep uh, every day, every evening. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna build these arrows tonight, and then I I never do. Uh, but but tomorrow night, no, I can't do it tomorrow night because we're recording with VPA. I think. Uh, a spoiler alert, I guess for people for <laughs> next week. I think surprise. Uh, yeah, surprise. Um, so, uh, but sometime hopefully soon, every be... schedules have been a little up in the air with all yeah, this. Yeah, uh, man, COVID that's been going. It's on. been wild. We've got a lot of really cool guests. Uh, we should we could touch on uh, or potential guests people on our uh, um, forecast. I guess maybe we can go over that. What do uh, uh, what are what are you going to be focusing on slash what do you think other people should be focused on while you do that well, i'm gonna i'm gonna write down guess, all of our potential guests so we can kind of give a preview yeah to yeah too. so i guess i am gonna be trying to uh spend some time with my new my new bow and mm-hmm. uh i guess a big part of that for me is if you've ever shot traditional bows the draw weight can change how clean your release appears. Um, so I am currently used to shooting a 76 pound longbow and I am now shooting a 50 pound recurve mm. and my release needs some work. Um, <laughs> Go figure. So uh, I'm going to be focusing on that, doing a lot of, uh, uh, well, essentially blank bailing, but uh, a lot of shooting bear shaft um, to really focus on my release. Um, and then through that process, I'll be fine tuning what my my hunting build is going to be for that bow. Um, mm-hmm. For what uh, I guess for what the listeners could be potentially focusing on is, you know, if if you're someone that ex- especially if you've got all the time in the world, if you're unfortunately out of work um, or, you know, in between stuff because your company is trying to figure out what to do here. Right. Um, there's a whole lot of pages of the Ashby report. If you haven't sat down and read that. Lot to read. <laughs> lot to read. Um, if you're into so it. That if you're into, you know, understanding the underlying factors of all this stuff. That's something that I would always recommend. Um, otherwise, um, I mean, any of the books that we've talked about, um, Jeremy Johnson's, uh, can't lose bow hunting. Um, doc, doc has a fun book. Um, yeah, it's a great book. Uh, now ramblings of the derelict bow hunter, which is a, Mm -hmm conglomeration of a bunch of uh, articles that he wrote through the years for different mm-hmm. magazines that uh, he always signed as the old derelict. Yep. Um, and, and the title is, I guess, reminiscent of, I guess it, it rings true for, for me. Um, a lot of old timers like my grandparents or mm-hmm. other older folks, if, if they're going to tell a story, it, it always, or if you're going to, if not even a story, I guess, correction. Um, but if they're going to try and teach you something or tell you something, you, you always need to listen when an old person says now, whatever right. follows that, whatever right. follows that now. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the title of the book is now comma. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it, 
don't know. I, I find it funny because I, I it it's rings very true for for my life experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a good one. And that's not just data that that's random oh, yeah. hunting yeah. knowledge and stalking and stories and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, outside of that, shoot your bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Novel you're stuck idea. at home get some practice time in like, and, and don't just fling arrows practice with a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. You know, figure out something to focus on, whether it's anchor or, you know, a sight picture or release or whatever and focus on, on making an improvement in that one area. You know, um, you'd be amazed at, the improvement you can make if you hone in on on a specific thing and focus on it right so so that, what what's up what's up oh i was just gonna say that that that's my i guess my two cents no nah, no nah, that's 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 good i like that so while you were talking i was i was writing a lot um so we are. I already kind of spilled the beans about uh, VPA. Uh, they're going to be hopefully our episode next week. Fingers crossed. Uh, I know, and I'm I'm going to give this like tentative list. Uh, uh, some of these people are confirmed, others are not. Uh, but I guess I'll just give you guys a little cue, a quarter two preview, uh, since that starts next week. Um, so VPA. Uh, one uh, manufacturer of broadheads and they make other stuff too. So I would really like to get uh, uh, um, that. I mean, they're coming on with it. We've already reached out to them and talked to them about it. So, uh, but they make broadheads for multiple companies. And so we're going to kind of talk about that and, Oh boy, what did I just do on my phone? Oh, sweet Jesus. (laughs) How do I undo that? Undo. There we go. Uh, So we're going to have EPA on Uh, hopefully soon thereafter hoping the week after uh we're gonna have Corey haas on i think that's how you say his last name uh cory uh built the app uh bow hunter bible um and it is incredible if you're needing yeah. help with tuning if you're needing help, i mean they have for, for they the, have so the much. do-it-yourself guy that's yep. that's trying to figure this stuff out at home yep it is a phenomenal app yeah and it's like what I, it's like 20 bucks something like that I think I think so. Yeah, it's I've not. It's it not bit. for what you get. It's not. I, I've much. I've got it. Um, or bow shop Bible. I, Sorry, not bow yeah. hunter Bible. The bow shop. Bow shop. Bible. Yeah. 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 Um, it's I've got it because I've actually, I I have a lot of situations where I have people with new arrows trying to figure out how to tune for the first time. Right. And right. Uh, that app has made my life a lot easier. As long as a person is willing to, to make that little purchase and get it because I have it. And so then I can, you know, walk them through and go, OK, go here. Look at this. This is what I'm talking about. Do this. Here's a little video for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's an incredible application. And uh, I'll, I'll pr- we'll we'll we're going to jump into it uh, hot and heavy when we have Corey on. So be be ready for that. Uh, Cody Greenwood uh, from Trav Lab. I'm going to do a two-parter with him locally whenever we can, uh, whenever we're allowed to see each other again. Um, 
uh, it's going to be uh first part. I want to do like a very, uh, he calls it the blue collar ILF setup. Uh, Cody is a, uh, a believer that the tunability of an ILF bow basically outperforms anything else. Uh, but, and there's, we get so many messages that are like, Hey, I want to, like, I want to get into traditional archery, but I don't know what to buy. And so Cody is going to try and, and essentially answer that for us on, uh, on what you should be looking into to not necessarily as like your, the bow that you're going to run forever, but a bow that is going to show you what you should buy when you're ready to really plunk down some money, whether that be an ILF rig or a one piece wood bow or something else like that. So, and then we're going to have, I hope to be a separate part, just kind of talking about what he's doing at Trad Lab uh, uh, independently and the use of data because Cody and me have a, a kind of similar job. We both work in data quite a bit. I think he works in quality assurance and uh, which is a, a very, very big, big deal uh, for uh, for the uh, company that he works for. It's very, very important. So Cody is like me. He's a very numbers driven, analytical kind of guy. So uh, we we definitely uh, drive in in that sense. So I'm I'm pumped to get Cody on here. Um, Garrett Prawl from uh, I I think that's how you say his last name. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think so. Unless it's like unless it's like Prowl or something. Uh, DIY sportsman. He's got uh, uh, some incredible YouTube videos. Garrett's an engineer, and uh, he's been doing some testing for some companies and building some stuff out. And then the graphs that we posted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, were Garrett's numbers on a bow, uh, the, his speed numbers. So uh, we've we've utilized him, but we've we've known Garrett for a while, and and I respect the hell out of that guy. He's crazy, crazy smart, and uh, and I'm I'm hoping to try and pull him on to talk about some of the stuff that he's doing. Because man, you want to talk about somebody that knows like public hunt, public land hunting and like how to how to get in there and be light and be quiet. Like Garrett's a freaking wizard with stuff like that. Um, kind of on a different beaten path, uh, Dennis Harper, uh, is the current, uh, I believe the term is president for Compton bow hunters. Uh, he's local to me, lives in Kansas city. So I'm going to try and, and, uh, uh, pair up with him. I know I've already talked about it with him. We've, we've just been both been so busy, but now that show season's over, I think both of us kind of have, have a second to breathe. So, uh, hopefully he can, he can get down to the house. We'll toss on the headset and, record a podcast for you guys about uh, traditional bow hunting and Compton bow hunters and everything they, they stand for. Um, if I can get him, I'm going to try and get Shane Simpson back on. Shane Simpson was from the Cali Chronicles episode. Uh, Shane also runs a YouTube page uh, called uh, Calling All Turkeys. Uh, it's one of the best turkey hunting pages on YouTube, if I am so bold to say. Uh, he puts out really good content and he puts it out. He like, does. He's, he does. he's like the hunting public where like he shoots something on like a Saturday and like a full fledged video is up on Monday. I don't know how the dude does it. Like it literally took me a day to edit a two minute stupid video, like for our summer shoot off promo, like guys that can whip out video editing stuff like that impress the hell out of me. So, uh, I hope I can get Shane Simpson on too, so we can talk about Turkey hunting a little bit. He's not a, a big bow hunter for turkeys, but he, he loves to Turkey hunt. And really there's not a huge difference. One, you just shoot, you have basically have to get them to 30 ish yards. Eh, mm-hmm. If you're comfortable with a, with a shotgun, you can really stretch it out with all the, all the loads that they have now. Um, a, another person that we 
actually were supposed to have already recorded with, but we opted not to because they were going to have to be on the road and we we value audio quality uh, is the hunting public. Uh, we've, we've already confirmed with them that we're going to record, um, but uh, we we want it to be the of the utmost quality. I want to talk to them specifically about last year. Obviously, if you don't live under a rock, they had on uh, Troy. So a uh, little known fact is they actually had a Troy on way before they released the episode with Troy. And in that ep- after that episode, they were like, holy crap, we can't release this during uh, ter- uh, during deer season. We're going to get too many questions and we can't respond to it. Uh, so they actually held off on that episode uh, and, re- and did another recording with Troy afterwards. Uh, so obviously this year they were using some, uh, as Troy likes to call them, adult arrow setups. Uh, and I think they had quite the amount of success with judging by all the <laughs> yeah, videos just, that they have just with, a little. With, the, with all the dead animals. So, uh, we're going to talk to them about that and their experience with it and see if they're going to do it again next year. I mean, maybe they didn't have as much success as they thought they would, but we'll see. Um, we're going to have, uh, Jason, uh, Wojohowitz, uh, back on from Toughhead. Uh, Jason's been working on, uh, some stuff and I think we're going to start having him on, uh, uh, fairly regularly. Uh, Jason, uh, with, with, with Toughhead has been putting out incredible products since he, uh, uh, purchased the company from John and, uh, and we're, we're good friends with him. We're happy to, happy to have him on whenever, whenever he wants to be on, but I know we're going to try and make it a point to have him on this next quarter. Uh, Sam, uh, G- G- I always butcher. G- I know Gifrida? how to say it, but uh, Gifrida, uh, from Backwoods Composites, uh, knock on wood. If everything goes well with, uh, this set of bonded limbs, hopefully we can have Sam on to talk about what he's going to be doing. Uh, and, uh, we'll see, we'll see if he'll, uh, he'll be ready to take on the onslaught of people that want his limbs because after he releases numbers, uh, uh, I feel bad for the poor guy's inbox. He's gonna need he's gonna need help. Um, <coughs> so anyway, um, Sam has has he has he posted anything for numbers on your bow, Rob? He has not, but he told me that I was free to talk about it. Okay, um, well, which is I guess I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, when you, I was you did, you did. That's it, right, so. that's right. You did. Yeah, um, it's fast. It's really fast. It's so fast it makes fast bows look not fast. So, yeah. um. Yeah, yeah, we're that's, really my, to, just for clarity's sake. Mine is a one piece, um, so those numbers are at least at this point going to be a little different than the ILF. Um, yeah, yeah, just because you you got a, a different amount of limb there, limb pocket like, angle. There, there's a lot of things yeah. that are different, obviously, but because I mean, if you took <clears throat> the limbs on my bow and took the actual effective limb and put them on an ILF, you'd have like a gigantic bow. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a little, it's very, little different game, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that'll be common. Yeah, for sure. Um, and lastly, I know this quarter I want to get on um, Steve Angle and Tom Jorgensen uh, mm-hmm. from uh, traditional outdoors podcast. And um I, I want to talk some fishing stuff with them because I don't, I want to do more fishing. I just don't, I, I think like, yeah, I'm going to fish this summer. I'm just like, what time am I going to fish this summer? Uh, so, but that's my goal, but I definitely want to have them on. And because man, you would talk about some arrow building 
sons of guns those oh, those yeah. two know what's know what's happening so uh i like to have have them on and talk about their their process and and uh more traditional stuff uh like i said i'm i think t- rob and i both are kind of getting sucked down the traditional hole even though i i you know i'm I'm over here clawing to try and buy a compound, but maybe this is just a sign that I just need to give it up altogether, but we'll see. I'm kind of scared. I don't know if I can go to Oregon for an elk hunt and what other people are being nice enough to let me hunt with them. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to bring a recurve my first time. I feel like that'd be a kind of an asshole move, but who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah that's kind of a Q2. Uh, depends on, on how, how much you want to, you want to dedicate to it. Yeah, uh, that, that that's was, for sure. Uh, but it's also going to be like, if a if an elk gets within forty yards and I can't shoot it, they're going to. Uh-huh. So yeah. So uh, uh, we'll, I guess we'll it happens. That's yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been floating back and forth the last year and a half. Right. Um, right. That's. I mean, the I killed with both bows this last year. So yeah. Well, yeah. Just, uh, I mean, keep at it. Just keep at the same pace. Of, uh, split, split at 50-50, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's I got. But, uh, I, I I need to get a a whitetail with uh, a trad bow this coming yeah. year. Oh yeah, That's for my, sure. My season was all goofed up this last year, so I didn't really have yeah a chance. But you, you that'll both. happen. Yep, that'll yep. happen. But. Cool. Well, that's uh, like I said, it's kind of a Q2 preview. I don't know if we're going to have all those people on, but knock on wood, uh, you know, fingers crossed that that we'll have a, at least a good chunk of them. Oh, did I mention did I mention Alan Kidner or did I just blow right by that? Uh, I don't I think, don't think that I did. You're right. I didn't. So Alan's uh, Alan's been on Farocast, but he does uh, Alan Hudson. He's from Australia. Um, so I want to I want to talk to him about uh, 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 hunting in Australia because uh, Tom went to Australia. Tom Jorgensen went to Australia and killed a bull uh, uh, or a, 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 not a bull. Uh, buffalo. A, a buffalo. Yeah. Uh, um, killed a buffalo with one shot with a trad bow. So, I mean, we got to hear that story. Oh, uh, yeah. But but uh, yeah, Alan's a Alan's a, a gear nerd and he's a big trad guy, too. But he was I'm pretty sure he was like Australian special forces and like all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, but he is, uh, uh, he's a, a very, uh, very interesting guy. And we've kind of messaged back and forth basically since the podcast started. And, and I, I want to talk to him about, about hunting in Australia and really what the effect of the wildfires are going to have on the Australian conservation system, because man, that's, that, that's, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. That's going to be a real, a real uh, mess down there. Yeah. But hopefully I know he's, he's safe, his family's safe. And uh, I just pray that, you know, the wildlife are, is going to hold up. Cause I know they were, I saw some videos of, you know, animals they were pulling out and they were estimating the like mammals being dead in the millions. So I'm hoping, or, or I'm sorry, in the billions, not the millions, the billions. So I'm hoping that it's, uh, it's not so permanent that it can't be, uh, reversed over the course of, you know, a, a couple of years or a decade or however long it takes, but fingers crossed, fingers crossed, but that's about all I got. Do you have anything, uh, anything else? No. I know we're, we're, uh, COVID-19 quarantine edition has been, uh, uh, interesting to say the least. And we've got, I know here in Missouri, we've got another four weeks, so who knows what kind of podcasts are going to be coming up. Hopefully, uh, I know, uh, we've, some of those guests are, are also work from home people now. So hopefully we can, 
we can try and uh, uh coordinate with them and bring you guys some good content but cool then uh that it we have it i know i already asked we have anything else but do we really have anything else cool all right well thanks everyone for sticking around and hanging out and uh till next time disrupt the status quo Okay, guys, thanks again for sticking around, and thank you so much to Sports Suds for believing in us and believing in the hunting community. I truly believe that they have something to offer here, guys, and I wouldn't be talking about them if we didn't truly believe that. So use code LETHAL at checkout to get 25% off your order. If you haven't already, go to SportsSuds.com, get that basket nice and full so you're all stocked up for the quarantine, because I know all of you are sneaking out to the woods whenever you get the chance, and use code LETHAL to get 25% off your entire order. Thanks again, guys, and good luck this hunting season.